census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Episode 270 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Rahal, but you can call me Patsy the Angry Nerd. And uh, we are here, brought to you by both the Dorkening Network and Deadly Grounds Coffee, reminding you that once you go deadly, you don't go back. And we are here uh, in the Pat Cave of Magenta Manor. And uh, when I say we, I'm not using the royal we because I'm here uh, not by myself, but also with my co-host on the show, my co-host in life. She is the Baroness of Bordeaux, the Countess of Cabernet, the Mistress of Merlot, the Queen Regent of Rosé, the Baroness of Bordeaux. That was the other one. I knew I was missing one. Uh, the Michael Phelps of Wine, the... Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Queen of the Monsters, and an honorary Lizzie. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Ashes Von Nightmare. We're back! Yes, uh, you may have noticed that we did not put out an episode last week. That is because I had been out of work since uh, the week after my 40th birthday. Literally one week after I turned 40, my job was eliminated, and I had been looking for work for, uh, I believe it was like 25 weeks to the day, and I actually started a new job. Really? Is that all? Yeah. That all? That all. It just flew by. <laughs> uh, but 25 weeks to the day, uh, I started work as a production assistant on a horror film, filming here in Massachusetts. Uh, actually paid work, which uh, is pretty awesome. Um, I'm not used to... Uh, I'm used to just volunteering my time <laughs> to help films get made. Right, and thanks happened really quickly too uh yeah. as some of you know we went away for a couple of days long weekend for our anniversary mm -hmm. uh and we came back and we're trying to get some stuff figured out and planning our schedule and planned our recording schedule and this just kind of fell in his lap and and we really couldn't couldn't turn down this opportunity. No, uh, they were like, do you want to start Monday? Or actually, do you want to start tomorrow? And it's like, I'll start uh, tomorrow. Yes, just, yeah, yes, I do want to yes, start tomorrow. I will start tomorrow. Um, so, so that kind yes. of threw the recording schedule in because I had to be on set for uh, 8 o'clock, which means I had to leave the house at 6.30 in the morning to ensure that I had enough time yeah. to get there, which means I was not going to have time to record, because we generally record on Wednesdays. I wasn't going to have enough time to record. Say, the, the stars just did not align for us to record last week. Um, you know, just a lot, of, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on, but they did align for us to record this week, and we're talking our schedule uh, going forward, because it is officially spooky season it's always spooky season spooky if you never... season i'm so excited so uh the today we are recording it is the first day of fall it really didn't feel so much like the first day of fall here no, um it was still very humid mid 70s humid um although it was raining when i was on my way home from work it and was that raining was really pretty nice. heavy today during the day that as was well nice. when i, I was appreciate driving that. i love 
love like chilly, gray, rainy fall days. Love those. Yeah, those are the best. But uh, yeah, so we will be uh, our normal schedule going forward. Uh, at least I hope so, because I think we have some good plans in the works. But enough about that. You want to know probably what we're talking about today. Spooky and stuff. It's always spooky stuff because that's what we stuff. like. So we uh, we recently took in a film, a film that's it's. I haven't seen anything quite like this where everyone is like, "Oh my god, this is the best thing I've ever seen," or, "Wow." That's two hours of my life that I will never, ever get back. Well, it's, yeah, it's definitely a film that has completely divided the horror community. I want to say not since Midsummer have we seen two very differing of opinions. Ari Aster tends to uh, evoke those types of feelings. But this was not Ari Aster. This was James Wan, who generally knocks it out of the park, even with his non-horror stuff, such as Aquaman. With Jason oh, Momoa. Oh, that's right. He did yes. that. He did. He did the Aquaman. Aquaman. I can't believe Silly Sailor beat us both up and imprisoned us in his floating aqua world. That's from the. There'll be another better Arnold Schwarzenegger impression later on in the episode. <laughs> oh boy! Only slightly better because it's Arnold himself. So I just wanted to throw that out there, but. It got us thinking after watching this because I don't know what genre this film is. I suppose it's horror, but it could also be a superhero film. Like, like it's body horror, it's superhero. I mean, I, I think superhero is definitely a stretch. Um, there's I definitely a supernatural element to it. Uh, absolutely body horror, which, you know, is probably my favorite part of it. Um, you know, uh, we're talking about Malignant. It's, you know, the, the the film that's on the tip of everyone's tongues. Everyone's talking about it. It's Everyone has Max. seen it. Uh, yes, it's on Hobo Max. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't seen it... Um, Shut us off, go watch it, and then come back because we're going to get into super well, spoilery territory. After, you know, well, shut yeah, us after, off after, after this After the getting into the yeah. character segment, yes. Uh, so speaking of getting into character. Yes, let's get into character. Wow, what a great segue. It's almost as if it's scripted. <laughs> it's not, but it seems like it is. Uh, so we talked a little bit uh, off air about... Like what we wanted, because there was a couple of different ways we could have gone with this. Like you know, you know, films that have divided the horror community, or you know, a couple other things. But we decided to go with what are some of our favorite body horror films, and I, it depends on your your definition. But there are quite a few, like you know, one that may not jump immediately to mind, but Alien. Alien is a body horror film, especially if you watch uh, the director's cut where uh, Brett is being turned into an egg and yeah, you got I, Dallas I think... uh, uh, being cocooned, begging Ripley to kill him with the flamethrower. For me, body horror is anything that transforms the human body from something it once was. Even not even that. So, so not even necessarily. You know, it, it, mutilation is not body horror. Like saw um, is not body uh, horror. Unless, uh, 
they do something with that mutilation. Like you could think of, say, RoboCop as a type of body horror. Or like, you know, House of a Thousand Corpses with the whole Rain fish Wilson. boy. Yeah. Yes. Um, but that's not it's not a body horror film. Like, no, I but mean, there's they body inflict horror body in horror it. onto uh, Rain Wilson. Right. But, you know, for, for me, for my personal definition, because I know that there are uh, there's some discrepancies out there, but it's a film, uh, you know, of a horror genre. Cronenberg that, tends to jump to mind. Yes. Yes. Where, you know, the the human body is transformed from its original form. Forced into new and exciting shapes. I mean, even though it's not technically the human body, like, you know, my first instinct is to say the thing. Because oh, that's people, absolutely body people horror. People are taken over and replicated, but once the people are taken over and replicated, um, they're no longer human, so they're the thing. Well, not only that, I mean... Body horror doesn't necessarily have to pertain to human either in regards to the thing, like the, the dog. dog. Yeah, the dog, um, you know, there's Which whatever is, the mean, species was that got taken over. The thing still some of the coolest fucking practical effects I've ever seen yes. in my life. I, mean, I, could, I love it. You could argue that, say, a werewolf transformation, like a werewolf film. You know, yeah, is body it horror. could be to um, an extent. One of the things I thought of when we were, you know, bringing this up uh Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. Hellraiser is one of the first films that comes to mind. Absolutely well, body especially, horror. Especially uh, the first one. Frank's regeneration yes. and him getting ripped oh, apart at the end. so good. Um, so good. I still but, I mean, say that Frank's regeneration is the greatest uh, uh, special effect, practical effect but, ever I mean, put to film. The Cenobites in general, knowing what the Cenobites are and the fact that they were once actual human beings and have been deformed and formed into the keepers of hell. Yeah, especially somebody like Chatterer, especially in the I second one. I love Chatterer. If you, if you I really, keep calling him Chatterbox, but... If you delve into the lore, like, the Chatterer was like the Leviathan's or the but engineer's favorite even more so than Pinhead. Nothing, and he's a little kid. I was going to say, nothing is cooler than Pinhead though really like just this, this, the, the nails in the head and the whole ensemble the his heart is the... exposed like it's just oh, it is so cool yeah um, um, another one that comes to mind Phantasm. almost immediately Event Horizon oh yeah which you only just saw for the first time earlier this and year that is uh, definitely some that's a character Oh, Sam Neill's character? Yes, mm. yes. We are going to have to talk about that because, oh my goodness. Uh, it's one of those films that I can't believe it took me this long to see it, but I'm so happy that I saw it. And when you got to see the Shout Factory. I was going to say, I'm Blue so Ray happy release. that I saw it when I did because I don't know if I would have appreciated it as much, uh, you know, if I had saw seen it, you know, years ago or whatever. But watching it when we watched it and stuff, and watching the the version that we watched it, I just ah, uh, I I loved it. It gave me it was like Hellraiser in space. Granted, I know I know Hellraiser went to space, but you, you know what I'm trying to say. Like it's a it's a different feel and that ending and oh my god, I don't want to give too much away. If you have not seen Event Horizon, it is a masterpiece like it is 
Yeah, it's excellent. I I actually think I'm gonna have to watch it again. Especially <laughs> now they're talking about it. I want to watch it again. Especially if you've only seen Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. To see him in this role, yeah, like I mean, I've seen him in a couple so of dark. other things too, but uh, I had no idea that Sam Neill had such a film in his repertoire. Yeah, and he has a bunch, like a lot of he does a lot of Lovecraft stuff, like he does you know, a lot of um, horror films. I, I was not expecting that from him, and I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was oh, he was fantastic. Lawrence Fishburne was fantastic. Jack Noseworthy, um, Jolie Richardson, yes, oh, I like uh, the whole Jason Isaac. Whole thing was just Sean uh, Pertwee was so good, was so good. I'm just rattling this. Off. I haven't seen. But I mean, it since I we watched it. I love I love a good body horror film. Obviously, we can't go by. We can't skip this without talking about The Fly, which you well, know, either the Goldblum or Vincent Price version. But Goldblum was definitely much more, uh, much darker and much more graphic, uh, just because of the. Um, you know the 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 limitations of the 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 effects at the time when the first one was made compared to when you know this one came out. I think in like the the late '80s. I want to say '88, but I think that might be wrong. Um, but yeah, there's so many really good, and even like some of the the horror movies that we get to see. Uh, you know, like some of the stuff from the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Uh, some of like the transformations that Freddy goes through, and some of the things yeah, that he does I to think, people. I think some of those can definitely be classified as as body horror. Eighty six. Oh, I I know why. I was it's nineteen fifty eight was the first one, and then nineteen eighty six. So I was kind of combining the two. Even at like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, you could consider body horror because it's you know the loss of self. Um, yeah. But I I love a good gory just monster-esque transformation that's not really body horror though oh the uh, yes the the end the end yeah no that is you are correct because obviously i'm not referring to the actual performers themselves who have you know things that they can't control but the ending of that film such a satisfying ending Uh, really same with like the the island of dr moreau yeah i was just gonna say that um which was we talked about this. It was a uh, they they spoofed it in uh, the Mighty Boosh, the the zoo episode with uh, Tommy. Yes. Tommy ended up becoming cheese. Um, I mean, and obviously they spoofed it on Treehouse of Horror. Yes. I haven't been this skinny since high school. Homer was a walrus. Ooh, Marge, you're you're like a wild animal, and I've never seen you use your tail like that before. <laughs> And I did have one of the better, uh, in the jungle, the mighty jungle, Homer rides a freak after he milked Ned. (laughs) Ooh, you're quite gentle when you want to be. You know, you're not making this any easier. Um, but yeah, like we could keep going, like trying to think of like human centipede. Oh yeah. The first, especially the first one, uh, the second one not so much because they that didn't was a really... little more graphic well and... I mean but the second one didn't really focus on the actual uh, putting the centipede together it as much did, as the first one did did like he was doing like but he was doing it it was like a much more um, brutal and raw way of doing it because the first one uh, where Dieter Laser plays the uh, 
the the, the, the doctor. doctor and he's doing it like with years of medical training and this guy's like you know some some schmuck who watches this old house and goes I can build a deck and then he you know builds a deck and like it collapses like you know like that's kind of what he did I mean we're not we're not we're not going to talk about the third film in that installment cuz that was just that was ridiculous. ridiculous and not good but the first one Oh, it was fantastic. I would say anything with zombies, too. Zombies, werewolves, vampires. I, eh, eh. I, I think that's a... a it, it, maybe it's... Those are, are that's like sub, a sub-genre. Sub-genre of, of body, of body horror. horror. yes. Um, you know, but like if you're thinking about it, like, yeah, your body is being taken over and changed in a specific way. Uh, that's why I said phantasm. Like, the people who died ended up being like little, like, minions of... Of uh, of the tall man, but you haven't seen that yet, so we'll. we'll hey, get into spoiler that. alert! Thanks for that. It's revealed like half an hour <laughs> into the first movie, so it's not. It's not. And next, like, you're going to tell me that the silver ball doesn't bounce; it actually kills people. Oh, it does bounce. Like sometimes it, at one point, it bounces and kills Daniel Roebuck. <laughs> he was yelling in some weird language. I watched. The the la- I rewatched the whole series and I watched uh, Ravager earlier today. So, uh, but yeah, so those are some of ours that we thought of. Uh, are there some that we're missing? I'm sure there are. Uh, let us know. Throw it on Thursday podcast at gmail dot com or let us know in the comments below this episode. Uh, we're always looking to hear from folks. Let us know some of your favorite body horror films. And uh, so what we're gonna do? We'll uh, take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we will discuss the characters of James Wan's Malignant. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history, from the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy, from movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. was found brutally murdered in her home this morning. Did you know her? No, but I saw her die. I'm seeing things. 
crime scene murders as they're happening. Hello? He says his name is Gabriel. I think he's someone from my past. Whatever happened to you before you joined our family hurt you in a way that I can't even imagine. Stop saying that. Maddie, who are you talking to? Gabriel. Is he your imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? Imaginary friend? He's the devil. again. He's getting closer. He wants to talk to you. Mom, what do you know? He's coming for me. Right there was the trailer. I know. See, I, I'm always torn playing the trailer because there's always a lot of stuff that's like visual for the trailer, and there's no dialogue. You just hear music and like spooky things thumping around, and it's like, oh, I wonder what that could be. Ooh, pardon me. I'm drinking a. We finally found the cider no, donut. No, talk about it. We we'll talk about it later. Yeah, well, I know we're gonna talk about talk it, about but it that's what we're that's what we're drinking the Downey cider donut, and I'm. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, I'm always torn, but like, it's a good intro, you know, especially, you know what's better? Older trailers, like the older trailers where you have like that voiceover, like, in a world where, you know, like those types of things. And like the guy's describing everything that happens and there's dialogue from the movie. Like, those trailers are always good, but newer trailers are kind of tougher because they show... You know, most of what's going on well, in the movie. Yeah, like, not only that, they are they are very visual uh, versus having a nice combination of visual and audio media. But anyways, um, going into seeing this film, I somehow managed to not see a trailer. I uh, managed to steer clear of any spoilers. And what really made me interested in seeing this film was the division between a lot of my friends whose opinions I, uh, I trust. Yes. Whose opinions I trust when it comes to certain films, especially, you know, my, my horror friends. Uh, you know, some of them absolutely loved it and were raving about it like what the hell did i just watch this is crazy you need to watch this and then there were people who were like you know if you think this is good i question your taste in life like you know it's it's so it's a it's a whole one thing. person asked me the like you know he, he posted and said if this if you liked malignant something like i want to know like what's like what what makes a good film for you I mean, 
my issue with this film mostly was it tried to be too many things. And what's the one thing I always preach about in every fucking movie we watch? If you create a set of rules, you need to follow them. Consistency. Someone explain to me how breaking all of your bones grants you superhuman speed, strength, and agility. That doesn't work like that. It's like, oh, no, all my bones are broken. It's, I can't move. Yeah, we're Just gonna, kidding. We'll, I can run super fast. And, oh, my God. Yeah, we'll, we'll absolutely I'm get into that because it, it pertains to our, our main character, the character we're going to be discussing today. The opening scene in this film gave me, like, someone, like, I was kind of, like, li- not, like, live updating, but, like, a couple of people were messaging me, like, what do you think? What part are you on? And The, I was the like, opening credits? With the surgeries being performed, and I you're said, seeing things being sliced open, and it was, it was blood. Like, and the whole scene, like, in the hallway with everybody dying and fighting, and I was like, this reminds, this is like, Basket Case meets Akira. That was my initial, uh, my initial uh, thought about the film. Basket Case meets Akira. You know, and I will, uh, before we kind of delve into this, I will agree with you. Um, the thing that I found most annoying about this and the thing that uh, I didn't like the most was the fact that there were a lot of inconsistencies with the story it was trying to tell. Uh, you know, one minute something could happen and the next minute it couldn't happen. And it's like, well, wait a minute, if, if this could, you know what I mean? So it didn't necessarily follow the rules that it set out. Yeah, uh, like they clearly initially. established and they, they made it like, okay, this character is here. Like, this character is a, there. Yeah, sometimes oh, guess there's what? A they were both in the same place at the same time. Oh, isn't that way? Yeah, sometimes there's a supernatural element to it, and sometimes there there isn't. So sometimes it's just that regular. you know. It was like it was in and out. It was almost like it was there when the story benefited from it the most, and then it wasn't there when it they was needed a plot it to. Right, uh, but. There were parts that I loved about this, and it more pertains to the backstory and how the backstory was presented. Well, I mean, even you know, even one some of the best movies suffer from this. You know, like John Wick, expert assassin, can't you know can't miss any shots, but somehow isn't able to hit Alfie Allen as he's running half naked through the club, but like kills everybody else because the plot demanded that he not kill Alfie Allen yet because the movie would be over. Like that's kind of like what you're talking about like there's some things that's like well this this person should be dead at this point but like yeah yeah so go go ahead you uh so we meet our main character her name is madison lake she's a nurse she has just come home from work she is pregnant and the reason why she is home from work is because she's having a little little bit of uh sickness from her pregnancy which is normal you know sometimes when you have or or i'm assuming i've been told um you know having it's they call it morning sickness but it they should call it just like all day because you're pregnant, sickness, sickness, because, you know, it it, it doesn't just happen in the morning. Um, So she's home from work, and uh, her husband, we are introduced to him, the delightful person that he is. His name is is Cockface McGee. (laughs) Or Derek. But uh, he's just kind of chilling at home, watching TV, being a lazy sack of shit. Yeah, complaining about, like... Like, why are you home? That one line he had, I'm tired of watching my children die inside you. 
I wanted to fucking reach through the TV yeah, and punch so, the shit out of uh, this asshole. Here's the thing, and and they did more character development in like the five to ten minutes that he was on screen than they did in Madison's like initial hour of the film. Yeah. Yeah, they did more. You know, this, he had the, more character development. You know, uh, you knew that he was a scumbag. Uh, you knew that he was just a really shitty person and you wanted him to die. And guess what? He does. Um, after a series of events. So he is not only a really shitty person, but he is a physical person and he clearly abuses Madison and why she stays I don't know but she's with him and she uh, is just trying to protect her baby and he gets angry with her and he pushes her he grabs her and she says don't touch me and pushes him away and he grabs her by the face and smashes her head into the fucking wall and that kind of sets up the series of events that take place throughout the film so that evening, Derek is killed by what is perceived to be a home invasion. And the, the weird thing. By the police, things, yeah. Yeah, by the police. But the, the, the weird thing is that while this is happening, while we're seeing it as the viewer, Madison is having this very vivid dream where she is seeing what is happening. Yeah. And, and she believes that the attacker came for her. We're led to believe that, you know, there's like a psychic connection. So which I immediately said, okay, so they're twins. Like, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, okay, so they're twins. That was another thing about this film for me. Uh, I don't know if it's because I've seen a lot of stuff or, you know, uh, whatever. But it was it was rather predictable. They telegraphed and a lot of it. And I was putting together a lot of things. Like you said twins. I said it's her. It's all in her head. And then the two kind of we both. Were both <laughs> we were both correct. It was quite uh, literally kind of all going in her head. through the motions. I was like, oh, yeah. anyways. Um Yes, and then we see, you know, she's, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. She's not, a not great very, actor. well, I mean, there's that too. The actor who played this character was just absolutely horrible, and I could not get over that wig. That wig was terrible. Do better, costume department. Do better. Uh, but anyways, aside from the terrible acting, um, She's just, uh, there's, there's nothing remarkable about her. You know, she's presented as being, I don't want to say homely, but just, just average, very average. Um, there's nothing really special about her. Uh, which isn't you know, it, it's, bad, because no, it's always which, like, it's not, <gasps> she's the chosen one. No, I mean, which isn't technically bad, but there's just nothing like, you know, if she was in a crowd of 100 people, you wouldn't be able to pick she her out. She wasn't interesting. That's her problem. Like, she wasn't an interesting character. Like, and well, at I least think, to start off, anyway, she yeah, wasn't. I didn't find her to be all that interesting, like, throughout the entire movie. I just didn't find her to be, like, that compelling of a character. And, you know, I don't think it's the actress's fault. I think it's the fault of, like, the writing. Like, her sister was interesting. I thought her sister was She's a was professional princess. Yeah. She came down <laughs> to visit her sister on, you know, the cops were boring, too. The cops were very, like, because how, there was a scene where it's like, yeah, we totally know that you did it. It's like, you had a physical confrontation with someone 
matching the description that she gave you the night before who looks nothing like her and like this person did all these like crazy supernatural things like climb on the ceiling and leap down from buildings with no damage but like you're like yeah it was totally you it's like was it though you just jumped way ahead in this synopsis. I know, but sorry. Go go ahead. Um, so through the while, uh, you know, through all of this, she keeps feeling the back of her head. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood coming out from the back of her head. The spot that her head met the wall when her, her husband, she's a now dead husband, pushed her into, into the wall. And you would think um, that doctors would have fixed that for her. Uh so that was that was kind of a a clue right there as to you know something is clearly not right, and there something is happening you know in with that section of the of the head and she kept you know she kept touching it and you know checking on it and stuff. Um, her sister comes to stay with her, which you know is typical of family member coming to stay with somebody you know after a very traumatic event and and she also loses the baby and that i forget how many miscarriages that, that was. was three yeah so you know she's not so devastated about the dead husband very devastated about the loss of the baby which is understandable you know so she is uh in the process of trying to wrap her head around things and grieve and figure out how she's going to you know do life without these people in her life uh you know so um and then she keeps having these weird dreams and she's dreaming about other people who she thinks that she has no connection to mm-hmm. she's watching them be murdered and how yeah, and yeah, and and how, and by who? No, she she doesn't. No, necessarily... I meant like and how. Like, yeah, they're murdered, and how? Uh, like, <laughs> like not how they're murdered, but like, who boy were they murdered? All right. Yeah, they were they were murdered. Like very 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 murdery. Murders. Sorry, you don't get my slang from the 1930s. I'm sorry. And how? Like, sorry, they said it in the Stooges all the time. That was the. Jesus, that was almost a hundred years ago. Oh, I'm gonna go sit over here and be old. You continue with the synopsis. So we start to learn a little bit more about this character through her having these dreams, kind of putting her backstory together a little bit. And this is when she starts to get interesting. I thought that the way that they developed the backstory and how they put it together, I loved that. I could have watched an entire film about that. I thought, you know, the the actors that they got to play, the younger kids were perfect and the story was so good so what happened what happened see so madison miss madison miss lake here uh that's not her real name so we find out she was adopted and upon adoption her uh, adoptive parents decided to change her name uh fresh start and 
up until a certain point, Miss Madison had no recollection of any of her her life before age eight when she was adopted. It's all kind of a, a blur to her, um, you know, thinking maybe some type of, of head trauma or something. Something happened and she just doesn't she just remember. Um well, come to find out, and again, I loved this part so much, the sister, the adopted sister going through finding all of these old tapes because they realized that, you know, through this investigation. So, you know, she's seeing the way that these people are being killed in her dreams. You know, she's working with the police and stuff and they're putting two and two together. Obviously, she's a suspect at points. Um, you know, because why else, why else would you know so much, you know, or like, oh, maybe she has this like type of psychic ability or, or something, uh, but come to find out Miss Emily, Emily May has ties to the people who have been murdered. They are the people, the doctors, the nurses, the staff that, uh, were with her when she was hospitalized as a young child because she had a fucking growth out of the back of her head. She was pretty much growing her twin, evil twin. That's that's a distinction you have to make sure you make. Evil conjoined twins. Out of the back of her head. And it's funny because a couple of people had, like were asking me, like, what do you think so far? What part are you on? And like I sent them a picture of Bart and Hugo from that from that Simpsons Halloween uh, episode, and like we hadn't decided. Like I knew there was an evil twin. I didn't know it was growing out of the back of her fucking head. But like the animatronics. See, you, this is where we differ. You think they were horrible. I didn't have a, a problem with them. They I did not did have an not issue. Look good. I thought it looked. I thought they did a pretty decent job with it. Yeah, I portraying what it was. So, you know, this child was born with this deformity on the back of its head and uh, this child was taken from its mother and put into this institution where uh, Dr. Florence Weaver and it was 1993, um, not when she was born, but that's when most of our, our tapes and stuff take place um, and her colleagues try you know at this at this research hospital are trying to uh work with them and see you know how where is the control you know obviously they are pretty um heavily attached in the back you know there really isn't an easy way to she was literally growing out of her skull so well, right, well that, that's what i was getting at that's what i was getting at they removed all the other parts. Well, I wasn't getting to that yet. Oh. But yeah, so there's this whole thing where they're trying to work with them and they realize that this this thing, this entity, if you will, uh, its name is Gabriel and it communicates almost telepathically, but by uh, through like radio, like signals. Uh, yeah, and electronics and it can it can make uh Things that can make like the lights flicker and it can yeah, make it has power over electronics these for some reason. Things which... happen, which kind of you know again made me believe that there was a supernatural element to it. Um, and 
Gabriel, this evil twin, so to speak, and Miss Emily May are attached not only in the back, but they're attached at the brain. Like brain and spinal So they column, share, yeah. yeah, so they share this brain. So Gabriel has this way of controlling Emily and getting Emily to do things. They were able to, when they realized what was happening, because Gabriel kept, like, that's the opening scene of the film. Gabriel's running around murdering everybody. Mm-hmm. Which, again, we don't see how. And, you know, this lends, lends it to, you know, maybe not superhero, but definitely supervillain. Like, you know, control over electronics and, you know, you know these superhuman powers, like, shredding through an entire hospital hospital's worth of security. You know, and this isn't like an underground hospital with like, you know, like Akira. You know, with all these people with guns and, and tranquilizers and, you know, electron electricity, uh, like, the fuck's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, cattle prods. Because mm-hmm. they even say, like, we hit them with the electricity and it did nothing. So what they're trying to do, what they're attempting to do, is create two separate beings. Uh, they do ultimately try to separate the two, and... They are sort of successful. So Gabriel is removed. However, it would have been too traumatic to remove because they they shared part of a brain. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't fully remove Gabriel because it would have ultimately killed Emily. Uh, you know, and they were trying to save as, as much as they possibly could. So, um, like, they got rid of all his vestigial limbs that were, like, waving around and, you know, kind of fixed their spine, like their shared spine and ribs, like they removed all that. And before doing this, Dr. Weaver, the head doctor who's overseeing all of this, says something along the lines of, it's time to cut out the cancer. And that's where the title of the film comes from, because a malignant malignant tumor is a cancerous tumor that will cause death. Yes. And And it is later, uh, Gabriel is described as a teratoma. Now, fun fact, uh, uh, etymologically, the prefix is terat, Terato and teras mean monster in Greek. The last part of the word, the suffix oma, means tumor. So mm-hmm. monster tumor. I monster tumor. Monster tumor. <laughs> oh my. Monster tumor. Um, which uh, personally, I think they should have called the film teratoma versus That would have sounded I way cooler. Feel like. But you know what? People would have looked up. G- would have they would have given it away. Up. What's teratoma? Let me Google it. Um, oh, there's the. Uh, uh, you know, but through these these uh, old tapes and stuff that we're seeing, we're seeing the relationship that Gabriel and Emily had, and you know, it was uh, very parasitic. It was. Um, sometimes mutually beneficial, you know, mm. she always had somebody to talk to. Yeah, but somebody that was telling her to like and she wasn't lonely. do awful things. But, you know, after the removal, he was still in her brain because, you know, he was part of her brain and he would still come up like, but it presented in a way as uh, it's almost like she had an imaginary friend. Yeah, because when they showed the surgery, they basically like because there was a face sticking out of the back of her skull. So they kind of like 
opened up her skull, pushed the face into it, and then closed her skull back up. Yeah, that, that's, that's not, not how not... science works. Ooh, we're worried about her brain. It's very delicate. Let's just mush this face into her skull. Like, what? Oh, but yeah, she's. he would uh, contact her through, like, the toy phone that she had. Which is how, you know, he contacts her through her electronic devices mm-hmm. once he's awakened. And the whole th- reason why he's here is because, I think I said this, but I don't remember. Yes. Um, you know. Uh, the catalyst was getting her head smashed. Right. That rewoke him. And the first thing he did was take revenge on uh, Dickface. Right, so he, I mean, he Derek, relinquishes control or, it. you know, there's enough separation between the two brains where he has full control of her. He is using her body to commit these acts, uh, but she thinks that she's seeing something. Like, her part of the brain is working enough where she doesn't realize that it's Gabriel. She doesn't realize that she physically is doing all of this. Right, we, we see... And, and see, this is part of the issue that I had because, like, she's like, oh, I'm just doing the laundry. And all of a sudden, like, she gets transported, like, the wall, and the effects for this are very good. Like, the walls will start melting, and all of a sudden she's watching this murder happen, but she's, like, still in her laundry room. And then when she snaps back, she's back in her laundry room. So, like, that's what kind of irritated me because we find out that she wasn't in her laundry room. And when she wakes up, she shouldn't be in her laundry room because she was out murdering people. Like, because they're the same person. And when he takes over her body, like, because his head pops out of the back of her skull, he kind of, like, snaps and cracks and breaks all her bones. So he can use, you know, because they even said, you know, like... uh, when Derek was killed, like, all the handprints were, like, upside down, like someone was hanging from the ceiling. And, like, that's, again, that's a lie because her hands were backwards. Like, instead of her palms, it was the back of her hand then became her palm. Like, he turned all the bones around. So, again, all the bones breaking, and she's somehow able to kill every single police officer in an entire, you know, like, escape from you. She killed all the hookers. Right, but... The issue that I had was, you know, the transformation, not not necessarily the transformation from Madison or Emily into Gabriel, but it was the transformation from Gabriel back to Emily. Because, you know, we know that because she, she goes to the police, she's working with them, she sees her sister, and, you know, they don't have any clue. Like, nobody has any clue as to what's going on. Nobody has any clue that she is this person. She doesn't know that she is this person you know so when she's emily she's perfectly fine Uh, somehow her bones magically fuse back together and she's able to you know she's not sore she's not like oh i sprained my wrist yeah no pain whatsoever like you know and and the uh, how erratic gabriel is with his movements and motions and stuff you know you would think that emily would uh feel something and you know what i mean like when she came to when she you know awoke as madison emily whatever um we'll just call her madalee emerson 
Natalie. Um, but like, you know, but would she, you know, you would think that she would feel something and she doesn't. You would think that there would be some type of bruising or whatnot. And nope. there, there isn't. There's no physical. Which is what makes me go with the superhero thing. Like all these different powers. Well, I mean, and again, you know, it, it does kind of lend itself to the supernatural aspect a little bit. But, I mean, it doesn't. But again, it, like, they, they I mean, make it. it works, but it doesn't work. It cheats. Because it's like, oh, she's seeing this. They have a psychic connection. And then you find out that, no, like, he just sees what, or she sees what he wants her to see. And, like, it turns into an M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's like, ooh, what a twist. It's like, no, it's not a twist. It's a cheat and a lie. It's not a twist. Like, you just, you know, it's like Linda. Like, oh, I'm not the murderer. <gasps> the murderer was me. Like, that's but not a twist. It's a lie. What happened uh, with the, the the character really went from zero to sixty for me. You know, learning about this backstory and how it came about. You know, she uh, was hypnotized. They brought in us a, a hypnotherapist, and uh, that's when we learned that her original name was Emily May, and you know she thought that. Gabriel was her imaginary friend and Gabriel like wanted her to kill her unborn sister. Gabriel wanted her to do all of these really bad By things. I think she was cutting a cake. Yes. Yes. And uh she almost cut into her pregnant adoptive mother's stomach. Um you know, from going to that to watching these VHS tapes of these sessions from the uh, psychiatric hospital that had been, you know, long since abandoned. Yeah, because her sister and her mother went, or her sister went to get them and they yes. were watching it. The thing that, you know, to touch on what you were talking about with the, the, the scene with the psychiatrist, like, she started freaking out and screaming for a solid minute before anyone's like, hey, maybe we should s snap her back into herself again. But it's like everyone just watched her scream and yell and freak out like any qualified psychologist or psychiatrist would be like, oh, shit, something is wrong. Let's stop this now. But instead, they just sat there and watched for a solid minute. Like, I was like, OK, this is getting fucking ridiculous. And finally, one of the cops is like, hey, maybe we should stop this. And the psychiatrist is like, "Ooh, that's a good idea. Hey, stop it. And she's like, okay. But, like, it was just annoying. It wasn't, like, there was no tension or, like, anxiety-inducing uh, uh, feelings from that scene. It was just, this is annoying. Like, we learned some valuable backstory, and you immediately undercut it by someone who is a terrible actor just sitting there shrieking as loud as she can for 60 solid seconds. It's like... Awesome. Like, five seconds? Okay. Ten? You're pushing it. But, like, no one's going to sit there in real life. Like, and again, I know this isn't real life. I understand that it's a movie. But you're trying to make this as grounded in reality as possible with the people who don't have mutant twins with magic powers growing out of the back of their heads. Everyone else is a normal human being who should act like a normal human being. And none of them do. None of them do. Right, and we also don't really necessarily know exactly what Gabriel is. No, like, we don't know if he's a mutant, if he's, you know, some sort of uh, 
I don't, I don't know. Like, he could be anything. Like, he's a weird growth, but, like, where does he get these powers? We right, don't know. Because they, they, excuse me, they can't be conjoined twins, and here's why. Because conjoined twins, by definition, must be identical. They result when the initial cell division that would have made them twins does not complete. It is literally impossible to have conjoined twins that are male and female. It would be possible for Madison to have absorbed a fraternal twin, but that twin would have never developed to the degree that Gabriel did. And there are no medically documented cases of absorbed twins being anything more than foreign tissue or occasionally bone inside their surviving twin. The vast majority of absorbed twins are never even discovered. Yeah. I mean, this, like, I get... And here's the thing. The ending, like, Gabriel isn't destroyed. Because if they destroy a Gabriel, Gabriel if, they, if they kill Gabriel, they kill Madison. Correct. So, like, he's still there. I mean, I don't know if they're trying to set up for a potential sequel or something. I mean, fuck it, I'll watch it. But, you know... Um, don't really you know what i mean like so there wasn't really it a, a res- hard to there be... wasn't really a, a character rev- resolution either except for the fact that at the end because gabriel kept calling her emily and she's like my name is madison and he's like no you're emily at the end he referred to her as madison which was you know uh, a sign that her brain once again was fully taking over and she locked him in and... an imaginary jail yes so this this movie it seemed like it was you know, I say M. Night Shyamalan because it reminded me a lot of, like, Split. So there was Split, you know, all the personalities battling each other. In this case, there was only two, and one of them was a physical being. Uh, but, but see, here's the thing, the difference. Split. Was good. James McAvoy. So much character development and depth. And, you know, and we talked about this when we talked about our Split episode. Uh, that one scene where he goes from one character to another and you just see the slightest like little change twitch. in his facial expression and it's like he looked like a different person it is a crime that he did not win awards for that performance just saying i don't even but, think he was nominated but here's the thing there wasn't really that much character development with this character at all up until they give you her backstory. Her backstory was the most interesting thing of all. Like, she's not an interesting person. She's not an interesting character. She's very beige. Everything yes. in her house is dark and beige. She's very basic. There's nothing uh, remarkable about her. Like I said, the remarkable thing about her is the growth that she has out of the back of her fucking head. And we don't even know about that until towards the end of the movie. But, like, they do everything they can to make you think that these are two different separate entities and then kind of like pull the rug out from you but like not in a in a way that's like oh wow that was really smart and really well done it's more like we wrote ourselves into a corner but like we planned this the whole time and we kind of lied to you through visual tricks like if you go back and watch it again it's not like there are subtle clues like it's not the usual suspects where if you go back and you watch it there are these little subtle clues like when you see the very beginning of the film and Kevin Spacey sitting there in the office kind of looking around at all the different things that are on the wall that you then see in the montage at the end like he looks like he's bored and just kind of sitting there the first time you watch it on a rewatch you're like okay this is a clue that they're planting there's none of that in this. 
it's these are two separate people. Ha, just kidding. They're the same person. You know, and again, none of these people act like normal humans would act. Like the cop, uh, K, 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 they kept calling him. He, again, has this physical confrontation with Gabriel. And Gabriel, up to this point, has shown nothing but superhuman ability, somehow not able to overpower a single cop that he gets to jump on and stabs. Um, but later in the film, we see him take out, what, 30, 40 cops, everybody in the building, but he can't handle this one guy. Um, we see superhuman durability from Gabriel. But it's never explained. Like, oh... We shot you a whole bunch of times. It's like, well, where are all the where are all the wounds that I have? I got shot a bunch of times. Where are my wounds? You know, and like you said, there's no bruising on her in any way. But right there, there's the crack in the back of the head. Doing all of this like Cirque du Soleil acrobatics. But the crack in the back of the head doesn't heal. Well, but but I mean that makes sense though, because that's a Gabriel popping out. Yeah. He's like, I'm coming out, bitches. My coming out party. I mean, but like, I don't know. It, 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 And we find out that the reason she loses all the babies is because Gabriel is feeding on them. Well, and that's another thing, too. Like, that's like cool. if he's okay. dormant for that, that was that was another thing. So if he has been dormant for a while and not in control and it took her hitting her head in that spot to to w- wake him back up why was he i think it was absorbing a passive thing the babies i think it was a, i don't think it was like something that he was doing actively i think it was a passive thing you know like no different from you know like, you there eat, can only be one no like you eat and I'm gain the nutrients baby. like you eat and gain nutrients you're not actively like if you're sleeping you can still gain nutrients if you're in a coma you can still gain nutrients like I, I photosynthesize okay yeah i just stand out in the woods and you know turn chlorophyll into methane wine <laughs> i turn chlorophyll into methane Whee! but no it was very irritating that you know everything jumped around and it tried to be clever but it wasn't clever uh, i Again, did not care for this film there were parts when when i when I liked it, I loved it. There was some. There was. It wasn't all bad. And when I, don't I want didn't you to like it, that. I really didn't like it. And I particular like just. I didn't find this character to be interesting at all. No. And I think the reason why we decided to to talk about it was because you know, it's a very interesting, uninteresting character to talk about. Uh, particularly, it's her backstory, and Gabriel yeah, is the most most interesting thing about her. Um, you know, still have a lot of questions as to what he is exactly, how he came to be. Uh, what tests did they perform on him? I mean, we know that they did some crazy testing in that research facility, but we don't really know exactly what they did. Just, you know, we know that he was seeking revenge on those who attempted to cut out the cancer. Well, I mean, they did take 90% of his body away and force him into this dormant state of existence where now, he was... Now, question. Do you think that him being dormant for so long is what made him so powerful? No. I think that he was powerful already. Um, 
but the fact that you know he was he I mean he was able to completely overwhelm her instantly like but somehow she was able to you know then turn the tables and again you know and they are absolutely thought that there was going to be a sequel to this because he's like I'm going to break out of here you know cuz she locks him in the mind jail and she goes yeah but next time I'll be ready and it's like great malignant 2 it's not with, a tumor. Fucking with your electronics <laughs> boogaloo. Because, I mean, they, they definitely made it seem like, again, they were two separate entities because she sat there in the police station and one of the detectives' phone rang and, like, the way they, that Gabriel talked to her and or talked about her and talked to them. I mean, if you go back and look at it, that scene, yeah, she looked catatonic. But she had looked catatonic throughout the entire scene. Because she's not a good actor. Like, and I, I don't think she, like, which sucks because James Wan does good work. I don't know what's wrong with this one. Like, I don't know why he didn't give better direction. I don't know why anyone th- was like, yeah, that's good. That's gold. We're keeping it. And you know? that hair, that hair, I why know, you didn't that like the hair? Wig. Oh, that wig was terrible. That wig was the scariest part of the film. Yeah, I, I, I mean, the wig didn't bother me as much as it did you, but you know, I don't have any hair to like. Oh, it was a terrible with, so. shake and go. Terrible. I don't even um, know what that means. Yeah, watch Drag Race. I, um, I do watch Drag Race. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I know what like shake and bake is, but that's like totally different. Bake. It's shake and bake, and I helped. Uh, but it's just, I don't think this character is interesting enough to have a second film. Well, I don't think the movie was good enough to warrant a second film. Like, the you know? story wasn't but, strong I mean, enough. But there were some, some great, like, uh, great practical effects. effects. Oh, yeah. And the, 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 some of the CGI, the dissolves, like, when she's watching and, like, everything around her starts, like, melting away you know, the, and, like, the, dissolving the into the The effects that they were using to show the, I mean, because they show you part of the removal of this, you know, teratoma, uh, not a tuma. It's um, not a teratoma. <laughs> You know, they're they're showing you that they're showing you the surgeries and even some of these kills were really brutal, and you know mm-hmm. the, the the dude who got his face smashed in. Oh yeah, like you know, there, there I mean, there kills. were some really great. Which you expect from the, James Wan? I would say the gore factor is uh, delightful. You know, if you're looking for something that's going to provide you with a lot of gore you're gonna walk away happy with this because there were some fantastic kills and like i said even like the 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 surgery scenes and stuff those were really well done so um you know i i I really enjoyed that but it's just this character like she pisses me off so much yeah, and my cat is apparently very upset too because she's, she's over there voicing pissed her off too. Yeah, she was very, she was very disappointed. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot more we're going to say without well, I mean, getting angry. Well, I mean, there's really not much else we can say because there wasn't any real character development for this character. Like I said, aside from the backstory that they gave her, this, like you said, the sister had more of a, a, a you know character arc. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. So I hope there's not a sequel. I hope this is a standalone, like, you know, if they're, you know, stick with the Conjuring universe, uh, stick with Aquaman, like, I'll see some more Saw films, like, if you want to go back to that. But this was not, 
I, I think the problem was, it again, it tried to be too many different things. It tried to be a murder mystery. It tried to be a superhero film. It tried to be a supernatural film. It tried to be body horror. And in the end, they just couldn't pull it off. Like, the actors were not that great. Uh, at least they weren't that great in this film. I don't know, you know, other stuff that they've been in. I may or may not have seen st- stuff with them. But I was not impressed with it. Uh, some of the practical effects were really good. Others, not so much. But, again, that's my opinion. What did you folks think of it? Let us know. Um, and, uh, you know, again, same same bat email, same bat Facebook group. But, uh, yeah, let us know. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll uh, let you know what's coming up and, uh, you know, what, what we might be doing throughout the month of uh, Spooktober. So we'll be right back. At Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and more, our mission is to raise as much money and awareness for pediatric cancer research as possible through the giving away of authenticated autographed sports memorabilia and more. All proceeds from our games will be donated to various pediatric cancer foundations, with the majority going to the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute and the Jimmy Fund. Our mission to give back began when Craig and Kara's son William was diagnosed with a stage 4 Wilms tumor, and his courage to fight and overcome his cancer ultimately led to the start of the hashtag Strong-Willed movement. For more information and how to donate and support this great cause, please visit the hashtag Strong-Willed Sports Memorabilia and More Facebook group. Greetings, weary adventurer. Do you have a taste for the exotic? Do regular snacks no longer provide the thrill ye seek? Would ye rather eat a cod piece than another boring candy bar? And it's time for ye to sink your teeth into Mythical Meats Exotic Game Sticks. Mythical Meats offers a wide variety of exotic flavors based on creatures of legend to give ye a snack experience of epic proportions. Like it hot? Try the Spicy Creatures Sample Pack featuring dragon, chupacabra, and werewolf. More in the mood for something a bit milder? Try the Creatures of the Sky sample pack with Pegasus, Griffin, and Phoenix. Can't decide on which one you want? Why not try the Exotic Flavor sample pack featuring all ten flavors so you can find your favorite. Go to mythicalmeats.com to see the full selection of flavors and place your order. All orders over $49 get free two-day shipping. Mythical Meats Exotic Game Snack Sticks. So good, they're legendary. What's the matter? I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. And we are back. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that uh, that conversation. I know uh, we were not overly positive when it came to uh, came to that that film and the characters uh, within, but. You know, sometimes that happens. Not everything is going to get a glowing review, you know? It's like when Homer was a food critic. He gave everything nine thumbs up, except for uh, the only bad review he gave to a slice of pizza that he found under the couch and lost some some points because it had a Hot Wheel on it. Um, But, yeah, it's... You know, it's one of those those times when it's you know it's we're starting to get into spooky season. We're going to start uh, arguing about like what's a good spooky movie and what's a good uh, uh, and what's one that everybody can agree on. And there's really not one that everybody can agree on. Like you know maybe 
Maybe like The Thing or Jaws or Alien. Like everybody. But you know, there's those. always that person. There's always one who's just like meh. Uh, a real shark wouldn't act that way. There is no such thing as a rogue shark. But yeah, so we're getting into spooky season. We're going to talk yeah, about some more that. spooky characters coming up soon, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, and it all depends on like what we're going to have for time, and you know, because we got you know Monster Expo coming up in a couple of weeks. We've got a lot of stuff going on, so you know, will we get a chance to watch all five Phantasm movies? Probably not. You know, will we get a chance to watch you know like you know a series of films? Probably not. But you know, again, this is our show, and we can cover whatever we want whenever we want so what i did enjoy was uh watching a more modern horror film uh i should say more mainstream modern horror film you know uh we cover a lot uh, cover a lot of semi-obscure stuff too well not only that you know i mean i love 70s 80s horror that tends to be you know my wheelhouse so to speak on even the 90s i i love the scream franchise yeah exactly event horizon um you know, so I haven't really paid much attention to stuff that has come out within the past, let's say, 10 years or so. Uh, the Annabelle films I haven't seen, the Conjuring nope. films I haven't seen, uh, the Curse of La Llorona or whatever. You know, I haven't. La Llorona. Every time. That's what I think of. But I've been watching a lot of independent horror films. So, you know, Willie's Wonderland, Benny's Loves You. Oh, so good. Um, a few other things, too. The stuff that we watch for, you know, or that I watch for podcasts that we get to, you know, we get screeners of and things like that, you know. You know, so it was, it was nice films to... Short films at film festivals. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it was nice to, you know, sit down and, and kind of delve into some, you know, more modern horror or something that... The Ballad you know, of Sharkasaurus. The Ballad of Shark. Yeah, so we went to the Happenstance Horror Festival this past weekend, and Patsy got to see The Ballad of Sharkasaurus. Yeah, it was uh, a 12 and a half minute movie. They made a 14 foot animatronic shark it almost looked as if there was one person in each leg and they kind of like did little hops forward to make them walk it was perfect but it was animatronic it was amazing it took place in the old west there's a graphic novel they're working on a second one and hopefully uh fingers crossed we may uh get a chance to talk to these folks whether it's on this show or on shark bites uh one of the two um but yeah we saw 25 short films uh some of them Way better than others. Some of them, you know, like, they had some really good uh, humor in them. Like, the first one that we saw, Fuck Yes, that was really good. A mm-hmm. uh, girl doing a uh, satanic ritual in order to get the thing that she most desires, and then she gets it, and it's fucking awesome. Uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Firstborn. Although, you know, because, you know, the twist of the satanic the hu- ritual. The humor, yes. Yeah. Um, not that they were the same film in any way. Although, one film did remind me of something very familiar, and it was the film Crockpot, uh, which reminded me a lot of a short story that I had written, uh, published in uh, Monsters in the Closet almost 10 years ago. But there is, there, there's enough no, differences no, to... the ending and like the, 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 the play on words at the end. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what it was that really like solidified... To me, it's like, okay, that seems like a lot. But obviously, the stories were completely different. Um, 
yeah, there was there was a lot of good stuff. Uh, the Lake Parasite, Ghosted, you you and I both really liked. Yes. Um, the Witches of Bushwick. That was really good. Um, and then we got to vote on which ones we thought. Uh, Sharkosaurus ended up winning best score. Lake Parasite got best kill because I mean. If you have a setting on your air fryer for a human head, you're going to have to use it. Um, well, not only that, it was fucking claymation. The, uh, like, the kill was claymation. Like, if you have claymation in your film, it didn't, I, I'm going to love it. I don't know if it was claymation. It, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, it was a toned down version of the Nazi face melting scene in Temple, uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's like they created layers, uh, and then melted it, so it looked like clay. They probably used like you know different, like they didn't have a huge budget like fucking Spielberg and Lucas, but it, it reminded me a lot of that kill. But uh, uh, speaking of claymation, though, Monster Encounters. That was claymation, and that was amazing. It was 30 seconds, but it was fucking amazing. It might have been, uh, you know, had it been a little longer and, like, more of a plot as opposed to just, like, a few quick scenes, it could have been, like, the best movie. Although, again, partial to Sharkosaurus. There were two theaters playing, like, 50 total shorts, and we chose the theater that had uh, Sharkosaurus. The, the shark movie. And... One thing that people have been really asking me about uh, is what's up with the pickle fries? Because they had pickle fries, and it was like they cut up pickles the same way you would cut up a potato for fries, breaded them, fried them, and they were amazing. Uh, yeah, let, me, let me elaborate on these pickle fries. So They were really amazing. Really crunchy dill pickles. Now... You've had fried pickles, you know, like the slices, and sometimes, you know, either the breading's not right or they're fried a little too long and they get a little too dry. Um, fried pickle spears, equally delicious, but sometimes the, uh, again, the, the, the breading to pickle ratio can be a little bit off. And... Because you have that whole spear, it's really juicy on the inside, and uh, it can make your fried pickle a little soggy. These, however, were the perfect ratio of pickle to fry. Like, not to fry, but to um, batter. So unbelievably good. They were fully cooked and somehow managed to maintain that nice pickly crunch that you just love. They weren't soggy at all all they still had like a little bit of like that pickle juice in them that were just it was just it was so good it was so good and we had it with mozzarella sticks but like it's just it's we're, i, I want to go back just for no, the pickle fries we're gonna buy an air fryer on black friday and we're gonna get an air fryer we've been talking about it for years we're gonna get an air fryer we're gonna make our own goddamn pickle fries only if it has the human head setting well th th i mean that's standard like that's standard like the newer ones have the human head setting. Like that's that's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, Happenstance was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, so shout out to to George Frazier for putting that on. Several of his films uh, screened there, like Scaring Sherry, very good. Um, but yeah, and it was it was nice seeing like a, there was a lot of overlap in a lot of these uh, local films or like New England based films. Like you know, you saw the same. 
you know, actors or producers or writers or directors, you know, kind of uh, carrying over into a lot of films. Like the, the, the actress from whose name suddenly is escaping me, but uh, Scaring Sherry was also in uh, the, the Face Crusher and she was in um, Fuck Yes. It was the same actress, but, you know, working with different crews. And, you know, I think the uh, the New England film community, especially the horror film community, is very tight-knit, and, like, a lot of people want to help each other out. So, um, you know, everybody works on everybody else's projects, and it's, it's pretty great. You know, like I always say, a rising tide lifts all boats. Speaking of uh, boats, uh, we have a new boatel for you this week that was terrible i you know i knew that's where you were going with it too i'm like he's gonna fucking say bottle yep it's uh it's time for a bottle like that's what i would say if i was cockney british, british and also <laughs> not speaking with a british accent uh so yeah we have a uh, a new battle for you this week and you know what that means we have to play the battle theme So, Ashes, what do we have this week for our Botel? This week, we are throwing down double trouble. Hashtag twinning. Which team of sinister siblings has what it takes to demolish their opponents and be the last twin standing? The location is... The movie set Twincinnati. <laughs> um, you can choose from Emily May and Gabriel from Malignant... Bart Simpson and Hugo from Treehouse of Horror. Mm -hmm. Dwayne and Belial from Basket Case. Yarp. Or the Grady twins from The Shining. Oh, they weren't twins, though. But they, they were the were Grady twins. sisters. But, the, but they're twins. <sighs> Depends on which medium you're looking at. But, 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 but twins. We'll call them twins, twins for this. Twins-ish. Twin adjacent. Yes. <laughs> so give us your thoughts on who you think will win. Um, now, are we talking before or after they were chopped up by by their uh, their caretaker dad? you got to go after because everybody has powers in this. Yeah, I was going to say after. Yeah. Uh, you can easily trick Hugo just by telling him he's never seen his own face in the mirror. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good time. Uh, I think this is a... Uh, a good time to like really start delving into some new characters, especially you know we're at the end of the end of September, beginning of October. Also, keep an eye out on ThrowdownThursdayPodcast dot com for some new articles for uh, Women in Horror Month. I'm going to try to get 31 this time. I'm a little late on it. Uh, I know it's not even October yet, but I'm a, I feel like I'm late. I got to start getting some uh, some questionnaires out to folks, but. Uh, I don't know what we got. We got some good stuff coming up. Some new characters that we haven't covered, obviously. Maybe some that we have, depending on what's going on, what we can get to. But uh, we also might have a very special show for you coming up. But uh, that's all I've got. What have you got? So I have a wine segment. Yes. But I'm not talking about wine. <gasps> what? I'm talking about the Holy Grail that I have in my hand right now. So, as you know, something that we've talked about a 
bit the over the past times, yeah. year. Um, Patrick heard of this cider uh, by Down East Cider called Cider Donut. And people were raving about it to the point where he's just like, I have to try this. You know where we heard it? On the loudest sports show, one of the first ones. Yes, with yes, Joe Murray. Joe Murray. From the sports hub. Yep. Yeah. Just people raving about it. So he's like, you know what? He's like, I, I need to find this. So we went on a quest, and unfortunately, in that quest, we came up empty-handed as far as cider donut goes. But over the past year, we have tried several different flavors of Down East ciders, ciders, and. There are some that we like more than others, but none of them have ever really disappointed us fully. You know, like I've never no. tried one and been like, oh, this is terrible. I'm not drinking this. You know, there are some that I'm like, oh, you know, we bought it once. That's cool. We tried it. I don't really need to drink it again. And then there are some that I want to buy out the entire stock. Uh, we finally, finally got our little pause on a box and of mittens. the <laughs> cider donut downy cider yeah um and you know i i bought three four packs of them because i and i was gonna buy more but i'm like oh what if we don't like it what if it what if it doesn't live up to the hype for us that was not a concern I had. That that would that was a concern that I had for a moment, but uh, I do not have that concern anymore, guys. This is so good. It is Whoa, so freaking good. And when did we try it for the first time? On Friday night, this past Friday night, after I'd gotten home from an exceptionally long day on set, I was looking forward to it. You waited for me to get home. I didn't get home till after midnight. And we had the cider donut cider. Like, that was, like, the first thing that we did. Like, it hadn't even been in the fridge for, like, more than a couple hours. So it wasn't, like, super cold, but it was chilled just enough. And it was just the best. You mean, it wasn't, spa like, oh, it was, a fr it, it was a fucking Friday night. Like, it, it was wasn't special. special. It was special. I had, you had waited for me to get home from, from set. Like, I, you know, only the second day on the job. Like, I came home and you were like... Yeah, I was waiting for you to get your I ass home because I knew you would be pissed if I drank it without you. I wouldn't have been pissed. I would have been like, all right. You, know, you would have been pissed. like, you drank it without me. I would have been disappointed. I would have hissed. I would have been like... <laughs> you know, like the, the vampires <laughs> from what we do in the shadows. I would have floated up in the air and gone... <laughs> but, you know, then I would have had my own and been like, hmm, this is delightful. No, you, you've been more excited about this than I have. I'm not going to try it without you. But anyways, we tried it, and we, uh, out of, uh, let's see, three, four packs, so 12, I can do maths, 12, um, we have two left. So <laughs> needless to say, we like it. But let, we'll me, let, me, let me talk to you about this for a moment. So it is cinnamon brown sugar and vanilla with a fresh pressed cider backbone not a backbone that has like you know conjoined twin arms no there, there are no fresh pressed conjoined twins in downy cider that i it? know of Tor tortorella um, what what is it tort 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 now i can think of it as a movie watch tartarus what it what is it called tartoma Teratoma. Teratoma. No tur turtle tomas. No turtle tomas. Um, 
If you've ever bit into a really good apple cider donut, you know the ones I'm talking about, the ones that have like that powdered sugar, uh, cinnamon sugar on the outside, and it's really just nice and fluffy and just bursting with flavor, um, a little bit of like a, a hint of vanilla to it. Uh, you can taste the, 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 the brown sugar kind of gives it almost like a, a little bit of a like light molasses uh, taste to it. Um, it just just screams fall. You know, uh, this is exactly what that tastes like. You know, upon first sip when it enters your mouth, you know, front of the palate, obviously you taste apples. It's cider. Uh, but again, you know, it being an unfiltered, fresh pressed cider, it is delicious. You don't have that fake apple taste. Um, you know, it's it's carbonated alcoholic apple juice it's it's so good and then the flavors kind of develop a little bit more so you know after that first sip you start tasting you taste the brown sugar you definitely taste the cinnamon and you taste the vanilla just kind of like this this light creaminess just dances on the back of your tongue and what i love about this so i do enjoy ciders um but my biggest qualm with some ciders is the fact that the cinnamon in it tastes fake it almost has that like that fireball oh, taste to it where the cinnamon is just it's just hot like it doesn't really have much of a of an actual cinnamon flavor to it it just tastes you know fake and gross and um this doesn't have that because they use like all natural ingredients and you know they go through the process of uh really caring uh, like uh caring about what they're putting in their product um it's so good like we will definitely be getting more probably going to stock up at some point uh hopefully we can continue to find these for the remainder of the fall season but it is it's just it's it's fall in a can and it's absolutely delightful i cannot say enough good things about it it was absolutely worth all of the hype and if you've never tried it you really should if you're a fan of ciders in any way shape or form i to be honest with you even if you're not yeah because we know, struggled like hell to find this last year you know uh i think it's definitely worth worth trying because it is it is so good so good yeah, so definitely find it if you like it, drink it. Uh, it's good. It it's because we had we had looked for it right before we went away on vacation. We ended up getting pumpkin and lemonade. Um, not not together. It's not pumpkin and lemonade. <laughs> no, no. Pumpkin, two, two separate comma, four packs and lemonade. Two two separate four a four pack of pumpkin and a four pack of of lemonade. Um, I prefer the lemonade to the pumpkin. I'm not a huge pumpkin flavor guy. Like. That's just me. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, this was awesome. Uh, way better than Malignant. Um, 
Were you talking about the cider? Yes, cider's yes, way awesome. Cider, way better, better than malignant. Way better than malignant. Um, so we have a few things coming up this weekend. Uh, so right now we are smack dab in the middle of the Shauna Shea Film Festival. There are several events going on. And the fantastic thing is that each event is broken up. You can get tickets. You can get like a, a full VIP pass to everything. Or you can pick and choose, kind of curate the events that you attend. It all depends on your schedule or, like, what you're available for. Um, like, I will be attending the uh, Veil of Blood uh, showing, and we will be there on Saturday to see the horror shorts. Yep. So if you are interested, uh, more information can be found on their website. That is shaunashayff.org. I'll put a link in the description. Okay. I was going to just it spell easier. it out. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm not going to I'm not going to spell it out for you. Look in the show notes. Um, also, coming up in October, or should I say Ashtober, Monster Expo, the weekend of the 16th and 17th. That's in Fairhaven, the Seaport. Seaport Inn. Um, we'll be there. A lot of other people will be there, too. It's going to be a really good time, so definitely show up. Uh, if you are interested, check out Monsta Expo. That's Monsta with an A-H uh, at the end, because apparently we are in Massachusetts. It's a Monsta Expo, kid. It's going to be wicked awesome. And we have some other small events in the works too. There's uh, some 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 talking going. There's some doings that transpire. Uh, Super Mega Fest may be happening. Potentially going down to Rhode Island for a day, um, only because they've instituted a mask mandate. And also, I want to get a Bo Jackson Raiders mini helmet and have it signed by Carl Weathers, so I can have it signed by Bo Jackson and Action Jackson, because Carl Weathers played for the Raiders. Uh, and no one else will have one of those. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think Super Mega Fest is probably going to happen. Because um, I know we like that. And that's one that, I mean, we're just starved for conventions. I mean, Happenstance was the first time we had been in a movie theater since February of last year. Yeah, I know I sound like the killers right now. Fortunately, um, it was the same day as... Connecticut, Connecticut Horror, Horror Fest. Fest. So we had to make a choice, and we went to Happenstance. I know a bunch of our friends were at Connecticut, but we're going to see all of them at Monster Expo. So we'll be all good. And I think, with that being said, we will see, see you, you next, next Thursday. Thursday.